why don't you just lift your hands if you feel comfortable? And I'll even ask you to close your eyes. Sometimes closing our eyes is just really good. It just eliminates some distraction and allows us to just focus in on Jesus. And Lord, tonight, we just pause and we take a moment and we acknowledge your presence here in this place. And we acknowledge this moment. We're here, we stand, our hearts open, our hands raised, and we invite you, Jesus, to come in. God, we invite you in. We make room for you to move in our hearts, in our lives. We give you access, God. We make ourselves available. We dare Jesus to say, speak to us. We are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. High five a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, you can clap. Take a seat. Thank you, worship team. Aren't they amazing? Oh my gosh, uh, that young man in the light blue sh bright shirt, his name is Tavita. Isn't he amazing? Oh my gosh, Tavita, we're so blessed by you. You're incredible. Um, you know, tonight I just want to share uh, just some things that God has been speaking to me about and really bringing definition and clarity to my life, which is always really good. I like definition and I like clarity because if I know where I'm going, and if I know what's going on, then I feel like I can put my full weight behind it all the time. And, um, and I, what I love about God is that he doesn't give us too much definition and not too much clarity, right? Because if that happens, then we often just take control. And then we just, we just think we're the boss of everything. So uh, tonight, um, I really wanna talk and encourage us around seasons and cycles. Um, and, and this is what God's been speaking to me about, obviously, because it's a new season, right? Right, there are just some things, of, I'm, I'm pregnant, this is not just too much KFC. Yeah, some of you guys are like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> There's a child here. Okay, so, um, and it's about eight weeks, eight weeks uh, to go, I know, exciting. I don't know what we're excited. This is number one, so, you know, probably an adventure. Uh, and, uh, and so God's been really speaking to me about seasons and cycles. Um, and what he's been saying to me is that I can't control the season, season in my life, but I can do something about the cycles going on in my life, right? There's nothing I can do about the season I'm in, right? I'm just here, right? There's nothing I can do about this. Not that I want to, I'm really excited. Uh, but there are things that I do have control over, and I do have control over the cycles that are going on. So uh, let's first of all talk about seasons. Uh, you know, uh, tell me the seasons. We got uh, summer. What comes after summer? Autumn, yeah, or fall. And after that? Yes, good. And then? Wonderful. There are only four. Um, and uh, so that's like a season, it's a period of time, uh, but a season is also a period of the year when something is best or available. Yeah, that's a season. 
So in every season of our lives, that's the space. No matter whether it's summer or winter, autumn or spring, there's something about that season that is best or most available in our life. Uh, A season is a, a period of reference to the total number of games to be played by a team. Right? But even that season ends. And I love that seasons, they they don't go on forever. Sometimes they feel like they do, but they don't go on forever. With seasons, we can prepare for them. We can adapt to them. We can get used to them. We can dress appropriately for them. And we can build a future on them. Uh, We don't have to like the season that we're in. That's, some of you know, that's normal. We don't have to like it. Uh, but I think denying it and dressing like it's the season that you most prefer, right, is dangerous. (laughs) Denying the season that we're in and dressing like, and, and just saying, I'm just living by faith. Um, not quite, (laughs) not quite, but I think we can mix it up, and we want to control the season that we're in, but we got no control over it. God is sovereign over seasons, but he has empowered us in Jesus' name to break some of the cycles we can get into while we're in the seasons that we're in. Okay, we can't control the season in our lives, but we can do something about cycles. What are cycles? Uh, A complete round of series or occurrences that repeats or is repeated. That's what it is. It just happens and then it happens again. 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 And often we just exactly where we started. Yeah, have you ever been in a cycle before? Yeah, a cycle where you're just like, oh, I can't believe I'm here again. I can't believe I'm in this place again. How did I get myself into this situation again? And so this is, a, th- this is kind of where I wanna land. And one of the things that God has taught me in my life is the key of how to navigate seasons and cycles. And one of the keys is resilience. Yeah? Let me, let me just give you the definition of resilience. Resilience is the power. I think it might come up on the screen is the power or ability to return to the original form or position after being bent, compressed, or stretched. So resilience is the power or the ability to go back to the original form after you may have gone through a season that has bent you, that has compressed you, or that has stretched you. So resilience to go through the seasons means you go back to the original form. The question is, what is the original form? What's the original form? And so, you know, we may have uh, feel stuck or rigid in our faith. We may feel like there's no movement. I've been here for a long time. God, what are you doing? I've been in this, in this place, in this seat. Like, what, what, what do I need to do? I would challenge you to say you need to go back to your original form. If you're in a cycle, how do we break cycles? We go back to the original form. So what is the original form? And the genesis of our story, the original position or the original form was that we were formed first for relationship. 
We were formed first for relationships. So everything, everything in the kingdom of God is transferred by relationship and through contact. So when we go through a season that we're not quite comfortable in, or when we, go, when we realize we're in a cycle, we need to go back to the original form where we are in right relationship with God so that something can be transferred to us through contact. But it's only through contact that we get breakthrough. We're sitting in a season, we may not like it, it's uncomfortable, and we're saying, God, would you do something about it? And he's saying, come on, return back to relationship, go back to the reason why you were created to be on this earth. It is primarily for relationship, and when you do that, I'll be able to transfer some hope to you. He'll be able to transfer some power to you. He'll be able to transfer some blessing to you, some breakthrough to you. Is that exciting? That's exciting for me. And so no matter what season you're in, no matter what season I'm in, I can be resilient because I can live in the season, but the season doesn't define me. Right? So I can live in a season of singleness, but it does not define me. I return back, I bounce back, I go back to my original form of relationship with God where he teaches me that he loved me and he knew me even before I was born and so I can break a cycle of loneliness, right? I might, I might be living in a season of just enough. Anyone ever been in that season? where I just got just enough to survive, just enough resource, just enough energy, just enough positivity, right? Just enough to get out of bed. We might be in a season of just enough, but what uh, my knees might hit the floor and I might be in pain and I might be grieving, but I can bounce back to the original position of sonship in God and realize I have an inheritance and I can break a cycle of poverty. Yeah, I can break a cycle of not enough while I'm in a season of just enough. But it's all about going back to the position of relationship. I might be in a season of being a student, but it doesn't define me. I return back to the original form. We break cycles of bending to societal expectations and societal excuses and reminded again, Psalm 1-3, I'm fruitful in every season. I can be a student, I'm fruitful, right? In Jesus' name. I might be in a season of not being clear of what I will do in the future, but I return back to the original position of connection with God. And then I can break cycles of ambiguity and confusion because he's got a plan and a purpose for my life. The seasons we are in are seasons, but they don't define who we are. We must return back to the original form. We've got to bounce back. We've got to have that kind of agility, that kind of flexibility to go back to why we were formed on this earth, and that is purely for relationship. We can't control the season in our lives, but we can do something about those cycles. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel and chapter 11. I love this story. Um, I love this story because it's really dramatic, Um, and... Who likes watching movies or TV here? Yeah, who likes a good drama? Yeah? This is drama. 
Um, and so, I mean, you can watch a TV series or you can read the Bible because there's a lot of drama that goes on, okay? So we're in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. So in the spring of the year, when kings, King David was the king, when kings would normally go out to war, David goes and he sends someone else. So he's in a season of being king, and then he decides, oh, you know what, I don't feel like it. I'm going to resist this season, and I'm just going to send someone else to do it for me. That's what's going on here. Oh, I don't, oh, yeah, I'm a bit tired to go to war. I've had a big year. Saul, I've been on the run for how many years? Finally king, you know. I just think I need a bit of a rest. But the season he was in called for him to be king, and he decides, no, I'm going to send someone else. You can't send someone else to be in your season for you. You can't. Because what unfolds in this story is David then gets himself into a very dangerous cycle. And when we decide we want to resist or abdicate responsibility to be where God has called us to be, then that's when, that's when these unhealthy cycles start forming in our lives. And so David, the mistake was, I don't wanna be in this season, I'm gonna send someone else. You can't have your husband or your wife do your season for you. You can't have your pastor do your season for you. You can't have your e-group leader do your season for you. They can walk with you, they can't do it for you. But the seasons are there for us and in every season, again, there's something in that season we've gotta understand. This is the ripeness of the season. I gotta catch something here. In this season, there's something for me to grow. Okay, so then uh, the story carries on. Everyone goes to war and David's hanging out in his palace, probably writing poems, you know? And then he's, he's, he's hanging out and he looks out his window and he sees a very beautiful woman taking a bath. Her name is Bathsheba. And he just watches, right? Nasty. That's the Bible. And he just watches. And then he's like, who's that girl? And they're like, that's Bathsheba. But she's married, King David. Um, her husband is Uriah, and he's on the battlefield right now. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Um, can you get her to come to the palace, please? This is my paraphrase. Go read your Bible. And uh, so, so he summons Bathsheba. He summons Bathsheba. He, he sleeps with her. Nick is she pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you can't hide your mistakes now. And David's like, oh, and so she sends a message to King David. Um, BT Dub, pregos. Um, that's your fault, you know, like, what, what are you going to do? So what does David do? Well, remember, he's, he's abdicated from the season. I don't want to be in this season. So he starts the cycle of the cover-up. 
So what is he? You see, he says, oh, okay, um, I've got to get her husband to come home. So he calls Uriah from the battlefield and gets him to come home to the palace. And he's there with Uriah. Hey, how's it going, bro? Yeah, good, good. How's that battle? Awesome. Okay, here's a little gift. Why don't you go home for the night? Um, relax, take a load off, hoping that Uriah is going to sleep with his wife so they can cover up the whole pregnancy and just pretend it's Uriah's. And uh, what does Uriah do? Well, Uriah is a man of honor. So the next morning, David realizes that Uriah never went home. And so he says, why didn't you go home? And he says, how can I go home? All of the men of, of, of the armies of Israel and Judah, they're on the battlefield. How can I go home and relax and, 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 and sleep with my wife? How can I do that? When my men are out there, I can't. So David, what does he do? The cover up again another cycle. And he says, oh, okay, I'm, I've, I've got to fix this somehow. Somehow I've got to fix this. What am I going to do? Um, okay, so what does he do? He gets Uriah drunk, hoping that then Uriah will sleep with his wife. But Uriah being the man of honor that he is, he doesn't. And so again, another cycle. Okay, well, that didn't work. What should I do? Well, maybe I should try covering it up again. Can, can, can you see what's going on? I'll, I'll just try it again. I'll just give it another go. Or maybe it'll work this time. Maybe it'll work this time if I hide. Maybe it'll work this time if I turn around and ignore that it doesn't exist. Maybe it'll work this time if I um, run away from the actual issue. Maybe it'll work. So David does it again, but this time he says, he sends a message to the commander of the army and says, what I want you to do is put Uriah on the front line of the battle where it is the fiercest. And then at a moment, I want you to pull back so he gets killed. And Joab says, okay, yep, you're the king, sure. So they do that, Uriah gets killed, David thinks, fantastic, it's all better now. And he invites Bathsheba back to his house, to the palace, and they get married and she gives birth to this child. And so you can see the cycle that's going on. And I don't think we should be too hard on David because I think this is the, just the general cycle of humanity. It's just what we do. When things go wrong and things are out of our control, often we just try and cover up. We've been doing it since Genesis. We've been doing it since Adam and Eve, just grab that fig leaf and just sew some together and just cover up. We've been trying to just cover up and, and every time we cover up, we get further and further away from connection and the original form. And so tonight, in Jesus' name, these cycles can get us in such places of loneliness and struggle and challenge. But I want to say there's good news. All you got to do is return back. That's it. All that's got to happen is we got to return back. And God is always waiting there with open arms saying, come on. Come, that's what the cross did. Come on, there's access. Come on, we can have relationship. And so this is what happens. We're going to land in 2 Samuel in chapter 12. Because in Jesus' name, there are ways, I suppose, that we can break cycles while we're in these seasons. And so from this particular story, we're going to take a look at what David then did 
Because what happens is the prophet comes and confronts David and says, David, you done wrong. And here's the, here's the, here's, here's the thing. David says in, in 2 Samuel 12 and verse 13, he's, he's, he confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And so the first thing, if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to note down in terms of resilience and how do we become more resilient so we can live in the season but break cycles is first of all, we've got to do some heart work. Some work with our heart. We've got to allow God to do some work in our heart. So first, David repented. He acknowledged he had done wrong, he had sinned, that he was separated from God. And that would have broken God's heart to have David so separate from him and no longer in connection with him. In verse 20, it says this, then David got up from the ground, washed himself, always a good idea, put on lotions or anointed himself, changed his clothes, he went to the tabernacle and worshiped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace where, and was served food and ate. So the hard work that was done here is David got up and he went into the presence of God and he worshiped. That's it. He got up from where he was. And instead of trying to cover up, instead of trying to fix things, instead of trying to make the season uh, go by quick or just close our eyes and hope that things change, he gets up and he goes to the temple. He gets up and he goes to the presence of God. Can I encourage you tonight? We're just, we're like, we're one step away. We, that's it, just one step. Oh God, I come back into your presence. We're one sentence away. We're one confession away. That's it. We're one confession away. And some of us here have been stuck in these cycles and we're wanting God to intellectually make it make sense. But things of the kingdom aren't transferred intellectually. They are transferred relationally. So the first step before you understand is you gotta move your heart. You gotta open your heart and say to God, God, I'm giving you a chance. That's what I did. That's what I've done, always done. Whenever I find myself stuck, uh, oops. I am awesome, but I can't get myself through this. I am fantastic, but I can't just, I can't just run my way through this. I, I have to go back to you, God. So he got up, he anointed himself, he washed himself, and then he went into the presence of God and he worshiped. And I love that the Bible also mentions that he ate food. It's a good thing, you know? Some of us are so dramatic in our seasons and it's like, just have some food have some sleep, take care of yourself, right? I, I honest, honestly, I, I, I swear, sometimes we can get so caught up in the hard things of life and it's just like, okay, look, go to church and have a good feed. <laughs> then have a rest, chill out. And I love that because when we go into the presence of God and we worship, what happens? All of a sudden things have a, have a different perspective. 
right? There's a different perspective. Oh, God, you are sovereign. God, you're in control. God, you're on the throne. God, you rule the seasons. God, you know everything from the beginning of time until now. It's going to be all good. I can have some food. Yeah? In Jesus' name. So number one, there's got to be some heart work to go on. Uh, number two, um, I, there, there should be some homework. In verse 24, then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. He slept with her. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child. So first David does heart work and then he goes and he does some work in his home. Because when we go through cycles, what we don't often realize as we're in that cycle is that we can often hurt other people. We can, we can often hurt ourselves and we can hurt others, but it's really important that we go and do our homework. We go and do the work at home. David went to take care of things at home. He comforted his new wife. Can you imagine that conversation? Can you imagine that conversation? You've, you've had to go through all of this because I killed your husband. Can you imagine that? I'm so sorry. There's nothing I can do about that now, but I promise you, I promise you I'm gonna be the, the best husband you could ever ask for. I can't, I can't, I can't change the past, but he, can you imagine that conversation? You know, some of us just need to have some hard conversations. Maybe, maybe not obviously the identical conversation. Maybe a different one. But I think how we live at home, in our flats, in our hostels, the way we treat our family and our loved ones, especially when we go through a challenging season, speaks the greatest testimony. It has, it has the ability to speak of the greatest testimony to others. Because why? Well, I think when we're talking about doing our homework, We've got to consider and love the people who are closest to us. Why? It's, it's, it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Again, not answers uh, that will satisfy our intellectual mind. Sometimes not even the answer to the question why, which is the question most of us ask. But just the ability to love people. Just the ability to sow kindness. Um, in Luke 7 and 13, in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 13, we see the story of a widow whose only son died. When Jesus saw her, her heart overflowed with compassion. Jesus touched the coffin and said, young man, get up, and he got up. There's something incredible that happens when we do our homework and we move with compassion. We can say to that which has died, live again. We can say to relationships that are broken, and we think there's no hope for this relationship, but when we move with that heart of compassion, that heart of humility, when we do that homework, then in Jesus' name, 
things or even dreams that were dead, relationships that were dead, situations that we thought would never, would never come alive again. But when we move like that, they can come alive in Jesus' name. I pray that as we do our homework, we break cycles of indifference. That we don't just move on and say, oh well, I'm just gonna try again in 2019 to do better. That we wouldn't just, oh, okay, I'm just gonna move on. But we would work. We would do our homework and our heart work to heal relational wounds. Why? Because everything in the kingdom is transferred through relationship. Everything. And lastly, I'll ask the musos to come on up. You know, my mum, uh, just in that last point, my mum, oh, so funny. She used to say this to me when I was a teenager and zealous for God and for changing the world. I still am. And she used to say this to me, Esther, you know, because I'd, oh, mom, I need to go on revolution tour. Mom, I need to go to camp. Mom, I need to go to shout and, you know, all of this stuff. And uh, she would say, Esther, I know you want to change the world, but how about you change your sheets? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> You know, and as well as looking after the people in our home, our family, our loved ones, our close friends, I pray we would actually look after our homes. <laughs> I pray you change your sheets. I pray you clean your room. I pray you do the dishes. I pray that you, in your flat, in your home, are a blessing to live with because you know how to do your homework. Because you know when something's wrong with your heart, your home shows it. When there's something that's going on in your heart, you know how the laundry piles up. Or some of you just overdo, you know, the laundry. That's me, I'm a laundry person. Anyone? No? Yes, yes, laundry people. Okay, last, last point. You gotta do heart work. You gotta do homework in Jesus' name and break those cycles of indifference. Uh, and then there is the good old hard work. In uh, 2 Samuel 12, and verse 29, after all this, after David got his heart right with God, got his home right, then he went out in verse 29, gathered the rest of the army, went to Rabbah, and he fought against it and captured it. Then David went back. And he started to operate in the season that God had ordained for him. But he, there were some cycles he had to break first. He had to break the cycle of isolation and I can do it on my own and I can strive on my own and come back to God in relationship. He had to break the cycle of indifference. It's, it's, it's okay, it's okay, I'll just move on and I'll start again with a new marriage. No, he had to break that cycle. And then and once he's there, no, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going back into battle. Come on, what's going on? He's returning to relationship. He's returning to people. And now he's returning to the call. He's returning back to the original form. It is a building of resilience in Jesus' name. David goes in and he goes into battle. 
And David does what only David can do. He fights, he's a warrior, and he wins the battle and he trusts God to do what only God can do. What does hard work look like for you and me? For me personally, God's saying that the work I need to put my hand to is because I, I, I may not be able to control the season, but I can sow seeds. I may not be able to control the season that I'm in, but if I can understand the season that I'm in, I can sow seeds accordingly. And then come rain or shine, I know there'll be growth. So the work is, although the season might wanna paralyze me, although the season might have me up at night and pacing my bedroom floor and up in the morning and praying and saying, God, I'm uncomfortable, I don't wanna be here. I need the season to finish, I need the season to end. My responsibility is simply, come on, sow seed and allow God to do the rest. Keep sowing seed and allow God to do the rest. And then when the harvest comes in, sister's gotta go out and get it. When the harvest comes in, I gotta go out and get that. And you know, the word says in Matthew in chapter 10 that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send out workers. And I pray that I would be one who wouldn't just sow seed and see a harvest and then be like, isn't that pretty? Wow, yeah, good job. But I pray I'd be one who would be able to go out and grab a harvest and enjoy the blessing of family saved and enjoy the blessing of community changed and enjoy the blessing as I go out, as I've sown seed, but then I'm a hard worker in this season. If it's time to get a harvest, then I'm gonna go out and get that harvest. I will invite people. I will love people. I will go out of my way to encourage people. I will open my home. I will do whatever the season requires. I can't change the season, but I can do something about the cycles. And I don't wanna be that person that misses out. If you feel like tonight, maybe you've been in a cycle, like you're going around in circles. In Jesus' name, I believe that He wants to break some cycles tonight, all of them. But the way that that happens is really not by magic, but it's as David did, and it's as God has made a way for us just to come back into relationship with Him. Why don't you stand to your feet? I pray that we be the kind of people who don't strive to fix it and be in a, just a repetitive cycle, but we allow God access 
and we go into his presence as he's given us full access and we return to him. Why don't you close your eyes if you're here tonight and you just know. You know you've been in cycle after cycle or you've been pushing hard against the season that you're in. Tonight, all you gotta do is just allow God access to that area of your life. And as David did, come in and worship. Come in and say, God, I give you access. I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to fix things that's not working. I've been trying to understand things, but nothing's shifting. So now I bounce back to relationship with you. I return back to the original form. And so if that's you, we're just gonna sing tonight, just some worship. And as we lift up worship, I pray that you would return back to relationship. And if you've been walking with God for a while, my friends, it's really that simple. It's not, it's not complicated. God doesn't make it complicated or hard for us. It is that simple. That we've got to come back to relationship. We've got to come back to Him, give Him access. So as we sing tonight, What a beautiful name it is. As we worship tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. That you lift up that area. What a beautiful name it is. And you allow him access. What a beautiful name it is. And those cycles would be broken in the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name Come on, lift your voice. We surrender to God and to the season. But right now we break in Jesus' name those cycles of isolation. Oh, the habits of running, of running away. And we run to you, Jesus. Thank you, God.
really want to pray for a specific group of people. It's just people here who've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Um, but for you, you felt like the longer you walk with Jesus, the further you feel like you've been from Him. And it's a, a, a strange thing and you've been wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. And I just, in my spirit, I know there's just more than one where you've just been wrestling with this distance. But in Jesus' name, I just believe God's gonna break the lie of the enemy that has been holding you in position so that you cannot run to Him. But it's a lie that's kept you in a cycle of hiding. It's kept you in a cycle of isolation. And God wants to break that lie now. And you're gonna feel a lightness in your feet to run to Him. And you will know in your heart the tangible presence of God in your life. You'll know it like you know it in the depths of you and you've been yearning for it and hearing about it. But here and now is your appointed time. God is changing the seasons. And so if that's you and you've been feeling that distance, but you've been walking with God, come on in this moment, would you lift your hands and would you say, yeah, God, that's me. That's me, I acknowledge it in humility. And I thank you, I thank you for every hand raised that the season is changing in Jesus' Name. We break every lie of the enemy that has created distance in the Name of Jesus. Every lie of the enemy that has created distance. And I thank you God for a lightness of feet. Oh, and a running to you in Jesus' Name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. Come on, sing. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Oh, we return to you, God. We return back to the original form. That's relationship with you. Thank you, God. What a beautiful name it is. 